Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 207. This one dedicated to the world of boxing. If it's the first time you've ever come across us, Fight Disciples, you can get us on iTunes. Please subscribe and write us a five-star review uh, on iTunes. Just search Fight Disciples. You can get all Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. And you can also uh, get all our social medias at Fight Disciples on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. Congratulations to everybody that won tickets uh, to the fights at the weekend offers last week through participating in our social medias. Thank you so much for tagging us in all your pictures from the event. The seats look absolutely mint. I apologise for the main event, uh, but I'm glad that you had a good night out on us and there'll be many tickets uh, coming your way in the not-too-distant future as well uh, for other uh, fight sports events, whether it be boxing, whether it be UFC, because we do do both and there will be two podcasts available for you today which you can download in your feed. Um, we're going to start with um, the return of the Mac. Yeah? Shall we start with the return of the Mac? Or do you want to go all the way? Up the Mac. Well, go on then. I didn't. Do you know something? I'm, I'm a little bit like, ugh, shall I play the music or not? Should, well, I, I, I'll play a bit of it. This was the peak. This was The walkout was the peak. For me, a peak too soon. Tyson Fury's comeback. The walkout was the best bit. The mashup that he'd come out to, obviously culminating in Return of the Mac. Yeah. Like the Afro Man bit was even better. A little bit of uh, a little bit of a dig there to the uh, British authorities. A little bit of Eminem. Guess who's back? Yeah, and then it was Afro-Man. because I got her, mm. because I got her. Mm. And then a bit of Return of the Mark. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But he did peak too soon, Tyson. That was as good as it got. I'm afraid, as good as it got. But uh, it was a farce, man. Yeah, man. It was a farce, right? I've I've heard and read so many different things over yeah. the last. 24, 48 hours of people trying to make an excuse for it. Now, this is where I'm at, right? I think you've got to look at this in two ways. One as a man, two as us watching boxing, right? Yep. So as a man, a geezer there... As a man, does it make a difference that you're a man? Is that Where are you going with this? All right, then. If you're just a, alienating our, human. our 4% of female listeners. All right, then. <laughs> as a human, right? Yeah. He's shifted eight stone. He's been yeah. in deep, dark waters over the last two and a half years. He's been to some horrible, horrible places in his head, right? Yeah. And he seems to be in a, a much better place. He's dragged himself off his sofa, dragged himself out the pub. He got him back got him back to the gym. Yeah. Now he looks just like us. Looks like a normal person. It, look, it does look Bless like you. a normal, uh, normal person. He's still got two about two stones still at to least, go. At least. But he, he's managed to do that. So when he, like you said, he got to the top of that ring walk, he'd already won, right? Absolutely. As a geezer, right? Yeah, You've yeah. won as a, a as a guy. But you're not doing a fucking charity marathon, right? We're not patting you on the back for that. Mm-hmm. You're talking the talk in these press conferences saying that you're going to come back and you're going to dominate all these bums in the heavyweight division. So the moment you make the ring walk and the moment the first bell goes... I expect certain things from my professional sport that I love, right? That's what I expect. Yeah. I don't expect... For the fight itself, I expected it to be a bit of a whatever because yeah. your opponent's shit. Yeah. The the height uh, disparity between you and your opponent, the Foot, weight disparity of four five, stone, six stone, whatever, yeah, whatever it was. It was. Yeah. I expect it to be a mismatch. I'm fine with that. It's mm-hmm. your first one back after two and a half years. I'm totally, totally fine with it. What I expect from Tyson Fury is focus. That's all I expect. I expect him to go in there, and okay, if his timing's off, if he's rusty, 
cool, man. Yeah, man. I've just told you you've been away for two and a half years. I kind of expect you to be like that. But what I expect you to be once the first bell goes is 100% laser focused, trying to do what we expect you to do, to take the other dude's head off and knock him out. Mm-hmm. Now, on last week's show, I said, I want an Amir Khan type performance. A geezer that's been out the ring for a period of time there. Get in there, smash your opponent up, get me excited, get me bouncing away from the arena going, whoa, yes, that's a bit of me, right? And then, okay, we might be having an argument now going, what did we learn though, really? Did we learn anything? I don't give a shit if we learned anything. I felt something on Saturday night. That's what I wanted to do. So when I came away from the Echo Arena, when Amir Khan fought Phil Greco and he blitzed him in 40 seconds, I came away bouncing going, I really want to see the Kelbrook fight now. Brilliant. Amir Khan, I don't know if Amir Khan's got any whiskers. I don't know if he's got an engine, but he's still got his hand speed and he's not to kid out. that he. That there was a decent opponent, not a major opponent, but a decent opponent We in 40 seconds. I'm buzzing. Yep. I come away from the Manchester Arena Saturday night going, hmm, I'm just like, whatever, mate. Yeah. I don't feel anything. No. I'm not buzzing. I ain't, I ain't got a vibe on. I'm no. not looking forward to Tyson. Park, I'm not August. looking forward to Windsor Park. I'm not looking forward to Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. I just, I, 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 at the moment, I don't give two shits. Yeah, me too. My big issue with it in the, in the fallout from it, because obviously we were, we were live on radio, we were talking about this anyway, um, but in the aftermath, I've obviously I've watched the fight back again, and <clears throat> my big you, issue you, is that you're braver than me. You went back oh, to yeah. watch it again. I did, I did yeah. Um, but my big issue is that this is prize fighting. This is a fight. Yeah. Like there was no fight. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like a fight from the way in. From the show. From it the was, way in as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like exactly. Carrying picking them up and all that kind kissing of kissing each other at the glove touch. Yeah, it's just it was just weird. Like you know. I tune in to watch boxing and watch MMA and whatever because I love a fight. I love two guys squaring off. And if they're, if they're similarly matched, all the better. And if there's a championship online, all the better. Mm. And if the styles gel, wow. You know, that's when that's when fight sports catches fire and that's what I love most. But it was a complete mismatch. And I'm like, you, that's fine because of where Tyson Fury is in his career right now, in his life right now. But for him to just get in there and not even fight, for two of them not even to fight, like it, for three rounds, it was a fucking joke. It mm. was a farce. To be fair, look, farce. Compare mismatches to Horn Crawford. That was a mismatch. mismatch. And, we'll, and, we, and we'll talk about that later on, right? Of course. But we will probably speak positively absolutely ab- about what uh, Horn about his and balls, Crawford, but and, and Crawford being absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because they they put on what we expected. They went in there and they yeah. had a fight. Exactly. We didn't. They had t- a fight. They turned up and it was like I've just bought tickets to the fucking pantomime. Exactly. Here. It's like Jack it was, and the Beanstalk. It was mate. a joke. It was a joke. It was if if you know we as again we were in inside the arena. We were um, doing a radio show a outside. Studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think if if I'd bought tickets for that. I'd been disappointed. If I'd have just got a press pass and gone and sat ringside and sat there all night waiting for that, I'd have been fucking massively disappointed because Tyson Fury isn't taking it seriously. And and then afterwards he says, could have blew the guy away in, in a matter of seconds, but well, I wanted to then. do a few rounds. Like, do wait a minute. Then. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be doing this. In the, you're supposed, you don't need rounds in public. You're getting rounds in the gym. That's where you're sharpening up. That's where you're... Don't tell me you're, you're sparring people worse than Safari in the gym. Of course you're not. You've obviously sparring people a lot better than Safari. So why do you need rounds compared... Like, the ring walk and all that, feeling it back first time in Manchester, in the arena, full, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's mm. what it's for. Yeah, it's yeah. not It's not for the actual fight. Mm. Safari's a fucking joke. He wouldn't, he wouldn't last 10 minutes in a sparring session with Tyson Fury in that camp. He would never hire him as a sparring partner. Mm. So why carry him for four rounds for the entertainment of the fans? Because it wasn't entertaining for fans. It was, it was a joke for fans. Mm. Nobody come away from that going, I fucking really enjoyed that. I guarantee not one of that 16,000 walked out going, wow, I really enjoyed that Tyson Fury there. I, they come away going, Feel a bit, feel a bit shortchanged. Yeah, that, absolutely. That wasn't the guy who I signed up to to go and see. And then on the back of that, the announcement is that he will be at Windsor Park in August. And me and you, even before that announcement was made, yeah, like like Nick alluded to, get we, him out. We, we were like, like, get him out. Let's we, see, so, let's see him again away. for fuck's sake. Let's put that one to bed and we, forget about it. We got it. the calendar out straight away, did yeah. we? Because we'd just been speaking to Martin Murray, and mm-hmm. I went, get him on that Martin Murray card. I know it's three weeks away, two weeks away, whatever it is, twenty third of June. Who gives a fuck? Tyson hardly broke a sweat. He never did fuck all. Get him straight back out. Get him straight back in the gym this yeah. week. Said right, and I don't care about the level of the opponent. I'm not saying the step up. Don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Get him another doorman. Not interested. Of course, but just get him somebody else. Yeah, and go. In 
in there and then take it seriously and do your business and then get him out in August as well and then get him this out is, in this September This is what I don't understand with, with, with the whole, with, uh, certainly from Tyson himself. He doesn't seem to grasp the fact that he's got to capture the public's imagination. Like, Dillian White, people are saying, well, do you think this is the right idea to go and fight Joe Parker instead of fighting these guys? You know, it's fucking risky. Yeah, but Dillian White gets it. He gets the fact that the public will watch him fight Joe Parker and will make will draw the comparison themselves. Okay, let's see how Dillian White does against the guy who went 12 rounds with AJ. And if he does better than AJ, i.e. stops him inside 12 rounds, yeah. fuck me, Dillian White. I want to see you rematch AJ. He gets it. He understands it's about capturing the imagination of the public. Short-term attention spans we suffer from right now. Everything's got to be on demand. Yeah. And we tuned into Tyson Fury, and he gave us a forgettable, embarrassing for me, embarrassing performance yeah. that I'm like, is, there, is anyone in the world now counting down till August to see Tyson Fury? I'm fucking certainly not. No. I'm certainly not. There's lads on this undercard who had seen on Saturday night, like Jack McGann made his debut. Yeah. We're going to talk about him more on the Radio City Talk show this week. I've got him in studio. He's on the Windsor Park bid, and I'm like, fucking great. I can't wait to see Jack in yeah, his second yeah, yeah. fight because he lit the kid up and he got a third round stoppage. Mark Efren. Exactly. He was brilliant. Absolutely. To be fair, the Terry Flanagan fight was good. I it enjoyed was, it that was fight. entertaining. And you know what? Come away from it, and we'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. Yeah. Come away from that, I'm thinking, you know what? Okay, Terry, you're 33 and 0, son, but you've just suffered your first defeat. Let's see what you're made of. I'm really excited to see Terry Flanagan bounce back now. And I've not said I'm excited to see Terry Flanagan for a fucking awful long... Well, yeah, in yeah. fact, I've never said I'm excited to see Terry Flanagan, but I'm excited now because I want to see how he bounces back from a defeat. But Tyson Fury does four rounds, forgettable rounds, and here we are Monday morning, and I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. so what? To be honest, I wish, I hadn't, I wish it hadn't happened. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed it's, for the whole camp. It's done more damage. Absolutely. Than, than favours for him. Yeah. This comeback. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. Because all the usual show, the show stuff that he does and messing with the crowd and the Ali shuffle and everything else. I buy into that. Yeah. When it's in a big fight. Yeah. To be that cool and to be fucking messing around when you're fighting Klitschko. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's next level shit. But when you're in with some doorman and you're trying to act the, act the goat but you're not doing it as well, then something falls apart. It looks embarrassing. The whole, the whole thing looks like a charade. That's what I've come away from thinking. Mm. And that's why we're like, get him out again quick to just run through someone and to be all business. So we go, get us excited about yeah, yeah. Tyson Fury again. Mm. I'm not excited about Tyson Fury. Mm. Right now, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, fucking forget about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely forget about it. It wouldn't last three rounds against either of them. Wouldn't like Tony Bell, you Bell, would knock him out. Absolutely agree. But Tony Bell, you would knock out Tyson Fury if they fought anytime soon. I'm, and I'm not digging on Tyson Fury for that. But what I want to see is Tyson Fury on the road to perhaps one day defeating yeah, yeah. all these guys. Well, we were talking about great heavyweight comebacks, weren't we, down the years? And obviously yeah. the greatest was probably George Foreman when he became heavyweight champion at 61 years of age. But he didn't do that first fight back. He had... I think about 10 to 12 fights yeah. over a year. So he was yeah. out every single every month. Week. And he mm. was fighting bums. He mm. was fighting shit houses. But that's cool because well, he was. He getting was fit. Mate, he and was, he was getting shot. Absolutely. And getting used to doing the ring walk, getting back mm. into the rhythm of doing it again. And he was going in there and he was mowing these kids out. Yeah. Tyson needs to go mow a lot of kids out. That's yeah. what he needs to do. Guys that aren't even fit to lace his boots for six fights. People, I was listening to something on the radio this morning on the way in to the studio. And uh, the, the chat was. Oh, he's about two, three fights away. Two, three fights away? Come on. On that, he's probably two, three years away. He's miles and miles away. Yeah. He needs at least... Every six weeks, he needs to be out fighting. Every six weeks. Even if they're only six, eight, ten rounders. Doesn't matter. Get him out there and mow a lot of kids down. Yeah. Maybe do six of them, and then you think to yourself, right, let's step up. Let's see where you're at now. Let's go up to the next level, and let's give you a proper 12-round real challenge where someone's going to hit you back. And then... In a year from now, 18 months from now, you can start talking about uh, Anthony AJ Joshua. Or a world title or, fight. Yeah, but well, they're talking about doing it at the end of the year. Now, okay, if you're talking WBA regular against Char, maybe, right? Yeah. But it's not even a fight. For me, it's not a world title. You know we're, well, we're, IBO. We're, Is it an IBO heavyweight that. title? You know, you know my stance on they're those types of things, right? Yeah, yeah, if you, when I talk world title belts, I'm talking the Four. ones that are currently held by AJ and, uh, and Wilder. If they're talking that in six months' time, it's going to be disastrous for Tyson Fury. They can't be. They can't realistically be doing that. And you know what? There's no, um, there's no way with it, them fights would even happen. I think BT Sport have invested in Tyson Fury's future. BT Sport are bankrolling this thing. I can't imagine they were very happy with that performance at the weekend. 
Um, and it just surprises me that they didn't I don't think Frank was. If, I know Frank will front it up and he'll say what he's going to say to the cameras and stuff like that. But I was watching him ringside and I could see him getting out of his seat. Like, Gene, come on, yeah, in, in between the rounds, Gene Tyson said, "What are you doing? Stop yeah. messing about. This is the big. This is the moment now. Come on, son." When they both stopped to look at the crowd, when the crowd, when there was thirty-man brawl, when there was a big fucking did you notice punch that, up in the crowd? Did you notice that uh, a few of them ripped the shirts off and they had the old vest on? Of course, they had the vests on. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> The car park next to the MAM must have just been transit, 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 transit. <laughs> Love it. It's right, boys. Why not? Hey, someone had to fucking put on a show. They did. You know what I mean? Fucking Royal Rumble Gypsy went off. Gypsy King didn't turn up, so. His mates did. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk to Terry Flanagan. Yeah. Because I know that you're excited about his comeback now. I am. Honestly, I truly am. And listen, we've we've... I feel like we beat up on Teddy Flanagan on this show over the last two years, and we haven't. We we've always said he's a fucking great world champion. He just doesn't get the credit he deserves because he just doesn't translate from the sports pages to the front pages. He just doesn't generate real interest. He struggles to sell tickets in Manchester. And last week on this show, we were going, Tyson Fury is going to have a blowout. His 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 fight will be forgettable. That's fine, but Teddy Flanagan. This is his moment yeah. to fucking steal the show. Yeah. Sixteen thousand fans going to go. Wow, that's amazing. Now. It, it was hard to grasp because we weren't in the arena, but Don McGuinness, we were chatting to him, was feeding back saying atmosphere was great and everything yeah. else. And it was a great fight. It was very close. We watched it on, on the monitor and we clearly saw Hooker win. We weren't like arguing. It, you know, we could see it was pretty close, mm-hmm. but we could clearly see that Hooker won the fight. Two rounds. Uh, two rounds, yeah? Yeah, I for, thought for, he would have by a couple of rounds, definitely. For, for I was two, surprised that one of the judges mate, two scored judges. it for Terry Flanagan. Two judges had it, 117-111, either way. So yeah. one seventeen, one eleven to, uh, uh, to Teddy, Shocking. and then one seventeen, one eleven to the other fella, uh, and I'm like, "What the fuck have you been watching?" Well, it was Phil Edwards, the British co- uh, official, that scored Morris Hooker one seventeen, one eleven, uh, which is which I is thought that was crazy tight, wide, yeah. crazy wide, um, and it was Jakubko, whatever he was from. Easy for you to say. I know, yeah. <laughs> who scored it widely for Terry Flanagan? Who obviously he obviously just thought, you know, I'm here in the UK. I better sort the UK guy out. Uh, the one, the Dion. Duarte is 113, 115. accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I was quite that. quite happy with that. Yeah. So listen, the right man won. That was the main thing. Um but it's disappointing for Terry because he's he's this was his moment. This was his breakthrough moment yeah, yeah, to yeah. become a two weight world champion to really cement his legacy and start. And you know, not only do that, put put on a show. Of course. Because the eyes are there. You're gonna have I bet you the viewing figures for BT Sport at the weekend were fucking astronomical. I bet you they were brilliant, yeah. So Come on, man. This is it now. Grab it and make yeah. people go away from here going, woo, who's that yeah. dude? But what a moment, though, to come up against someone like Morris Hooker, whose fucking arms are just <laughs> ridiculously long. <laughs> Morris Hooker, what a fascinating guy, man. Yeah, man. Eight kids. He don't fuck about, does he? Eight kids. He... Oh, my God. He's not sponsored by Durex, that kid, is he? Fucking hell. He's 28 not... years of age. Yeah. He's got fucking arms as long as anything. Yeah. He's had 26 professional fights now, obviously, world champion, super yeah, SW belt. He's fucking spraying it everywhere, Mate, When he? does he find time to train? Honest to God, how many baby mamas has he got? Oh. That's what I want to know. Can't and, be the same woman. She'll have a fucking... She must have a, a wizard pocket there, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> got a wizard's pocket in her niggas. There's no way she's popping out eight kids. This kid's got numerous baby mamas, I'm telling you. Oh, Morris Hooker must just walk around oh, his hometown just throwing jizz at people, just fucking, <laughs> boop, there you go. There's one for you, boop, one for you, boop, one for you. <laughs> Morris Hooker, man, I love like him. Like a fucking wizard sleeve. <laughs> Waving a sausage around the Albert Hall, mate. That's what he's like, isn't it, in there, son? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. But I thought he was great, to be honest. I thought Hooker good Catholic was, Hooker boys, was very good. Good Catholic boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me. 28 and 8 kids. I know. Fucking hell. Where's he going to be I'm by 30? Mate, I'm stressed out with two and I'm, I'm 30, telling you. 30 on. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. No wonder he was want, will, willing to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Just with a kip. Just wants a kip. That means the lad. Fucking hell. I'll come to you. Don't, you don't have to come to me, lads. I'll come to you. <laughs> I wonder how many girls in Manchester are pregnant now as well because he walked yeah, past them. That's it. <laughs> Smell his aftershave and boop, there you go. Got a little bit of mo on me. Look at this. <laughs> Watch yourself. Get, down to, get yourself down to fertility clinic, girl. Get some of that morning after. Fucking brilliant. Fucking mo. Anyway, fair play to him, lad. He did put I in a great. He, was excellent, he did yeah. put in a great performance. His yeah. jab was. You know what I'm like Super. with a jab, mate. Use it as a weapon. Don't yeah. fuck it. At the mate, start, when, though, he was when your arms finding, are, when it? your arms are that long, you know the kids yeah. for fucking tie his shoelaces standing up straight. When your arms are that long, <laughs> you've just got to learn to fucking do it, haven't you? Just learn to use that jab. And my God, he worked, he worked that jab brilliant. <laughs> 
can fucking tie his shoelace he's standing up straight. <laughs> it's like he had his arms on poles. You know, like in the gym sometimes you see them sticks with a boxing glove on the end. That's what they're for. You've made them so you can practice practice getting ready for Morisuka. <laughs> Big glove, glove on the end of a pole. You're on fire today. You I always got... wondered what they were for. Looking brilliant. Fucking big mo. Morris Hooker pants. <laughs> <laughs> but poor Terry couldn't get past that jab, could he? And every time he did try and roll under the jab, he would smack him with the backhand as well. Brilliant. Fucking bits here. <laughs> People listening to this show can't see the actions that you're doing in order to t- do your chat that you're doing right now. I'm in bits. Stop it. Oh, mate. Yeah, he, could, he couldn't get... <laughs> he couldn't get past the jab. <laughs> oh, dear. Mighty Mo. There we go. What a he, guy. Well, he's in the mix now anyway, isn't he? He's in that mix. Got himself a world title. Yeah. <sighs> Listen, it's a fucking exciting division, that division. It's going to be it interesting is. to see what they do with Terry Flanagan now because, obviously, the moniker was always undefeated and then, hopefully, he was going to become a two-weight world champion. Yeah. And then I just thought that they weren't going to feed him puddings off the back of that. Now it's a case of, right, what do you do? What do you do? Does he have to go and travel? Does he, does he do well, it back here? What do you do? You know what? I think there's there's massive fights for him here. Obviously, the Josh Taylor fight would be fucking absolutely huge. Um, Jack Cattle fight would be huge for Manchester. Thing but, is, thing is with Taylor, Taylor's fighting Postel, right? He smashed, if he beats Postel, he ain't fighting here anymore, mate. He's going over to the States. I know, but what they could do is get they could get Flanagan up to up to Scotland in a final eliminator or something like that would probably work. Um, I know Robbie Davis would jump at the fight to fight, chance to fight him as well, another Northwest Derby. So domestically, there's some brilliant fights right now for Terry Flanagan. I just think if he wants another world title shot, he's probably going to have to be someone's voluntary. And who's going to who's going to voluntary fight Ted, Terry Flanagan because he's you know he was established world champion for so long. I think he's going to have to he's going to have to take a step backwards to move forwards. Yeah, and you know what? That might not be a bad thing either. Might not be a bad thing that after thirty three fights, someone's on picture and you get to go back to the drawing board because listen, you could hear it in the corner when he was saying, "Shall I tap him on?" He's like, "No, listen to what I'm fucking saying. Yeah, yeah. Do this. Don't fucking." What I'm saying is this, and he wasn't listening to the corner. So, but that's a good thing because, that, in fact, me and you were pissing ourselves. About it was it, so funny yeah, because yeah. because they are as mank as they come. The yeah, Teddy yeah. Flanagan team, and I love them to bits. Absolutely love them to bits. And Teddy Flanagan's there going, "He'll put it on him. He'll he'll go put it on him." And he's like, uh, "No, just listen to what I'm saying. He I want said, you no, to I fucking him. listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. Do you want to go put on the it balls on your him? feet? Do you want to go put it on him? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't put it on him." <laughs> Do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah, exactly. When can I go put it on him? <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, Terry Flanagan's built up a 33-0 record and multiple world title defences by putting it on people. Yeah. But he couldn't do it against Morisuka. He couldn't get inside them long arms. He couldn't he couldn't work it properly. So they had to he had to follow tactics and unfortunately he wasn't able to either change his game plan yeah. or make the adjustments necessary. Don't get me wrong, I think Morisuka on that performance beats Terry Flanagan on that performance probably 10 times out of 10. It's how Terry comes back now. It's how he goes to the drawing board and goes, okay, there's a guy... It's like, it happens in MMA a lot more than boxing, where they look forward to a loss because it shows you the hole in your game and you can go and work on that hole. It's not necessarily a bad thing that Terry Flanagan has suffered a defeat. In fact, it could be his defining moment. Mm. It's how he bounces back from this defeat. I know in the commentary they said uh, maybe he should move back to lightweight, but we were told he, he had to move to super lightweight. Yeah, it's not struggling. like it was a decision. He was struggling. So I, I don't envisage him moving back down. I envisage him continuing at super lightweight, but he needs a big, a big comeback opponent to bounce back with. And I just think domestically there's three or four and O'Hara Davis is another one in the same mm. stable as well. Mm. There's three or four big names that would probably work as a final eliminator for the world title shot, mm. which would get him back up the rankings with mm. people. Um, let's fast forward, man. I, I, well, I say fast forward. There's some decent standout performances. I mentioned uh, Heffron on that card. I thought he was good. I thought yeah. Gorman was good. Gorman was very good, yeah. That, um, do you know something? I thought JJ's finish was good. Yeah. The I, fight itself was a little bit, but the, the finish was really good. Yeah. Um, who else was in there Very that good. Uh, impressed me Alex Dickinson's a big right yeah. hand over the top yeah, one yeah, punch yeah. knockout though that was fucking sensational yeah. Jack McGamby touched on all these uh, the, the four scousers who were on the bill obviously I'll talk about them on the Radio City talk show this week but uh, Jack McGann moving from MMA into boxing making his debut I thought he was very impressive as well but uh, you know it was good to see Zelfa Barrett bounce back yeah, with yeah. the win as well Heffron's the one that I come away with going fucking hell he's proper him yeah yeah I'd like to see him again yeah 
Like to see him doing his thing again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, away from Manchester, let's, uh, where shall we go first? Shall we go to Las Vegas first? Yeah, seeing as that it's uh, Terence. I'm horny. I'm horny, horny. Let me just tell you as well, by the way, I've had a twat of a weekend here, you know. Mm. I've had a proper graft weekend. Because, as you know, I moved house on Friday. Yeah. Oh, you know when you said to me on Saturday? You looked dead on Saturday night when I saw you. should have just paid 250 quid and got house movers. Yeah. Mate, that would have been the best 250 quid I'd ever spent in my life. Because yeah, yeah, moving yeah. house is a fucking disaster. So you've done it all yourself. All the furniture done yourself. The got done yourself one of Tyson's vans and you've got yeah. you've done the business. I had my dad and Jane's dad helping out. Fucking hell. Dad's army. Jesus Christ. Listen, loved them both to bits. And they grafted like fucking 20 year olds but you know fucking about with stuff just like you know everybody's got an opinion put the front gate on put the, the, the woman who took the front gate off because the driveway to make it easier because we've got little kids first thing I did right let's put the front gate back on the hinges and hang it up and stuff so we can open and close it and when the kids come out the front door you know it's safe they won't go onto the road and everything else next thing you know fucking looks out the window so it's working fine I puts it on it's working sound yeah there you go perfect Looks out the window, my dad's out there with a saw, fucking sawing this gate up, and I was like, I don't believe it. So I thought, just leave him, just leave him, just leave him. So he's out there for about two hours. He eventually got went out and went, what, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it just didn't fit right, you know. So I've sawed the end off, but then because I've sawed the end off, all the bits have fell off, so I'm just screwing them all back to So he's just screwing it to bits. Then he comes in, sorted the gate. So about two hours later, I went out. The screws he's used are about fucking three inches too long. So now my front gate out into the street yeah it's got the end of screws sticking yeah, yeah. out all about four it's for the burglars honestly <laughs> if someone walks past it'll fucking rip the legs off so anyway that's put it weird but then new house no TV till next Saturday what do you mean no TV Sky, Sky can't go till Woo! next Saturday what are you going to do with the World Cup oh World Cup's on terrestrial it, it? you'll be well, alright well this is the other thing alright go on broadband doesn't get switched off switched on till Tuesday Wednesday so I've just gone the whole weekend with two kids under the age of three with no television nice. and no Wi-Fi. Solid, yes. So can you not just uh, needless on, to say? Can you get on next doors? My phone has been absolutely. My phone and Jane's phone have just been bland by the kids because, like you know, they need to see Peppa Pig and shit That's before it. bed. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So we've had streaming on the phones and it's just been absolute murder. So they went to bed on. Uh, I got in Saturday night trying to watch the UFC through me fo- laptop via me phone. So you can imagine how bad that stream you was. You were hotspotting it. Hotspotting it. Then last night, Jane and the kids go to bed. <clears throat> I said, no, I've got, to, I've got to fucking stay up. I've got to watch, got to catch up with all the boxing. Uh, yeah. But I haven't got my Skybox where I've recorded everything because I can't access it. So now I'm streaming it through all these Russian sites. I watch Terence Crawford. I wonder I why you were in Abner the studio Manners. at fucking uh, 7 o'clock Wait, this morning w- watching our TV screens, <laughs> isn't it? I'm to bed. What you doing? I've been up all night. Streaming through my phone, mm. hotspotting it to my laptop to watch the fights. I've had a fucking absolute nightmare. You've gone old school, mate. That's what oh. you've done. But anyway, I'm caught up. I've seen everything. So it's all you need to know. So you're, you're ready to talk about Crawford now, are you? Oh, mate. Let's talk about Greatness. Because I'm telling you now, Terence Crawford, for me, is starting to solidify the kind of legacy that is going to put him up there in the pound for pound mm. all-time list. Now, well, hang on a minute. What a Let, performance. Let's, all, let, no, let's not get carried away. This is against Hoyne, right? We're it not... We're top, not definitely, definitely top two pound for pound on the planet. Right. We're not talking level of opponent of Errol Spence Jr., are we? We're not talking Keith Thurman. The guy's just beat Manny Pacquiao. What more do you need? Fuck off. Right. Stop it. We love Hoyne. <laughs> He, he climbed the mountain, he got to the top of the mountain, but there's <coughs> levels to this game, and yeah. Terence Crawford is by far a superior <coughs> fighter to him. However, yeah. you can only beat what's in front of you, and for nine rounds, mate, it was outstanding. Good one, eh? It was outstanding. He looks even better at 147 than he did at 140. I know. I know. He looks more comfortable at 147. Obviously, he's allowed, he's allowed a breakfast, isn't he? He's enjoying himself, is the boy. He was absolutely outstanding. There's some amazing fights to come amazing fights to come but that was to to do that to to move up the weight divisions like that don't forget he fucking absolutely dominated that light welter won every belt in the game yeah i think he's gonna he's certainly on a mission to do the same thing here at welterweight i just pray he comes over to the uk i would love to see him fight on uk shores we've seen him against ricky mate ricky i know burns. that was in scotland i want to see him sorry i want to see him i want to see him down here i want to see him back over here because he's fucking brilliant man yeah. absolutely brilliant and you know what who have we got, though, that can bring him over there? He's, he's, good not, enough. he's not that big, is he? He's not that big. So I think he could come back down. Mm. And I think the super-duper greatest fight in the history of boxing could well be on one day. Who? Loma. I think that fight could happen at 10 stone. I truly do. Can Loma make 140? Will he go up there? 
mate, for this kind of fight, these two guys, technically, just fucking sensational. Listen, Terence Crawford once got shot in the head, mate. He's hard as fucking nails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's a. I don't even think he feels punches after that bullet that went through his skull. <laughs> nah, he, well, he doesn't feel punches because he doesn't get it. He no, was he absolutely punch perfect at the weekend. Yeah. And here we go, right? Even though there was Jeff was game, man. There Jeff we go. Even though fuck. there was levels between these two fighters, Jeff fucking sound mate yeah, you yeah. have got a set of whiskers on you lad yeah. absolutely game as fuck kept coming forward brave as an ox your family your supporters everybody should be proud as punch about you mate he never gave up though either no and he changed his game never two bottled. or three times he, he tried to do it. something else and in the end he just went, he just thought like fuck it I'm just gonna have to try and run through him yeah. I'll just have to try and catch him throw punches in bunches and hope that something catches on the way in yeah. but unfortunately Crawford oh man the way he throws that little right, right hook and just steps to the side and that lead, the, his lead left, his yeah. backhand lead. Couldn't miss, could he? Oh my God. He couldn't miss. Fucking hell. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I was so impressed with him. Honestly, if it wasn't for Lomer, he'd be the man. He, he'd be right up there for me. Like, But Lomer's, Lomer's the kid. <laughs> he was brilliant. Terence Crawford was absolutely brilliant. If you, you haven't seen it, Yeah, man, if you've not seen it, go and get it. Hit me up, I'll hit you with the Russian stream. I think you some dodgy shit. <laughs> which cuts off during the uh, intervals of the ring with some dirty porn. Do you remember when you watched that one? <laughs> oh, man, that was amazing. What fight was that that you were watching? Anthony that Joshua, on? that was. He was watching the... Was it Charles Martin? It was... Uh, was it Charles Martin? Uh, or was it the... Because you were on was it? No, it was it Tackham. No, it wasn't on Aldi. Uh, you were at the fight. You were at the fight. Yeah. Um, because no, I was but, watching it at no, home. It was Tackham. It was Tackham. It was Tackham. I was watching it at home, and someone messaged me saying, check out this link. And I was like, I'm, I'm fucking watching it on TV. I bought it. But then I put it on. And, it, and he were like, check out this link, wait until in between rounds. And then in between as soon as the round ended, big fucking Dutch cum shot. It was amazing. And if you remember, it was retweeted by like Surrey Constabulary Police yeah, Force yeah, official yeah. accounts and shit as well. Because people are going, oh, is it is a, is a, a stream here? Happy days, I'll forward this to the lads. I'll put it on my Twitter. What they didn't realise was it was mixed in with Debbie Does Dallas 6. <laughs> Brilliant. For a minute, just absolutely yeah. pounding the shit out yeah. of it and then back to the fight. <laughs> to be fair, it was a good night. Wait, that's how boxing that's should it. be. That's it. Fuck the ring. Not literally, fuck the ring girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be. Just man, in between mission. rounds. Man, your mission goes fucking that's crazy it. in just, the middle of the ring. Just ding, 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 end of the round. Whoa, there's Michael Buffer <laughs> pounding away at the ring girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just got a ring card over her head as she's wobbling away. <laughs> Fucking hell, the feminists will be all over us for that, mate, then, won't they, mate? Buffer'd love that. He'd, he'd be up for that, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, he'd be well up for that. He could do a job, could Buffer, on God, that. God, yeah. Let's get ready to fucking tumble, girl. Let's Buff, have it. Buffer on the fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, speaking of TV streams, what the fuck <clears throat> were UK TV playing at the weekend, not giving us Santa Cruz and Maris? What's going on there? Bonkers. Why has that not been signed up? No idea. I had to watch it on one of your dodgy Russian streams, man. Yeah, me too, yeah. Me too. Absolutely shocking. I'll tell you something. They picked up where they left off, didn't they? They just went straight in. Go on, then. We'll start throwing a bit of leather. I thought Santa Cruz... um, You know what I said last week. I thought that Mares would take advantage of, obviously, the situation in his personal life, uh, uh, Santa Cruz. I thought Mares would look really good with uh, Robert Garcia. I thought he'd do a job on him. Mate, he, he, listen, he was there or thereabouts, but then Santa Cruz just took over, mate. He, he was did. absolutely tremendous. Yeah, he was. He was absolutely excellent. And uh, spared on by that by that cut eye in the eighth round, I yeah, think yeah. it was. He just kind of put his foot down from then. But I just felt like when we first, the second fight with Franton showed me so much about Santa Cruz and his mentality. And I just thought, wow, you're so much more than just a fucking pressure fighter. So yeah, much yeah, more yeah. than just a volume puncher. And I, get, I think he just proved it again against Mares. I think Mares is such a good fight for him. They're so well matched. These guys, you could. It's like with. Um, it's like a throwback to Barrera Morales. You mm. know what I mean? You could. You could watch these two fights every fucking weekend and pay for it quite happily. But I just think Santa Cruz has got that edge. Do you know what I mean? He's just got that little bit more. He's got that yeah. little bit more smarts about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I was. I, it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant performance. Well, again. well watching that. And I know you mentioned Frampton's name, and I know that they've they've had two. Of course. It's one apiece. Yeah. I want to see it again Oh, now. yeah, that's a dream fight. And that's I want to see it again, we've, now. We've got to see the rubber match. Absolutely, we've got to see the rubber match. But Can he turn it around for August? No. <laughs> won't happen in August. <laughs> Definitely not. Plus, you know, Santa Cruz ain't travelling. Frampton's going to have to travel to yeah. Santa Cruz. It'll probably go down in Madison Square Garden, hopefully at the beginning of 2019. 
if not the end of this year would be absolutely sensational. Barclays centre's crying out for it, isn't it? Probably mm. go back over there. But uh, I think it would be a brilliant fight. You know, he's done two with Mares now. He's won both of them. I just think that the Frampton, the Frampton defeat, while he, while he, you know, eradicated he it by winning it, yeah. on points, there's got to be a rubber match there. I think Leo Santa Cruz's kind of career deserves it. But, you know, are we starting to think now about Santa Cruz potentially moving up to super featherweight as well and becoming mm. a, you know, is it a three-weight world champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bantam feather and super feather. I think, you know, he's got the height to do it. You can see against Mares, he's the taller guy. Uh, it's whether physically he can put on a little bit more size, but still only in his 20s, Santa Cruz. Wouldn't surprise me if he went up to super feather. No, he was mint, mate. He was phenomenal, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you something, bounce back ability for uh, no doubt Trout. He kept getting up, didn't he? Mate, <laughs> fucking hell. I tell you what, he fucking pushed it as well. Like, yeah, he did. To, you know, the, the, the rounds he was losing, he was losing big. Yeah. But then he was winning rounds. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? He was yeah, win- yeah. And he was winning rounds convincingly. He was a lot so. better than, well, I said last week, didn't I? I thought that uh, Charlo would blow him away in the first yeah. half of the fight. Me I, too, yeah. I, I thought, fucking hell, mate, you've still... He hasn't still got it, got it. Yeah. But he had a lot more than I anticipated him to have against Charlo last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I think in hindsight, sign, signing up to fight Charlo... Um, Proved everything about Austin Trout, his mentality. He clearly wasn't going for a payday because there's probably bigger paydays out there. Mm. Charlo punches and knocks people out for fun. And I think he signed up for that known full well. You know what? People think I haven't got it no more, but I know I have. And that was the type of performance. But unfortunately, Charlo's confidence and his youth was just on his side a little bit more. And I think that's what pushed him out. And that punch power, mm. obviously, it just caught up with Trout a little bit. I thought Trout was absolutely outstanding. And I think, you know what? Charlo potentially now is starting to suffer from... All the press that him and his brother are getting. Yeah. Every, you know, we're not the only people getting excited about the Charlo brothers. The whole planet is now. People are talking about these two guys taking over the game, these two twins who are going to completely dominate the sport. And it, at times, it looked a little bit like that as well. It looked a bit like, I know I'm in the spotlight. I know I've got to do something sensational here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, where he, whereas previously, with, when you haven't got that much, that many eyeballs yeah, on you, happens. you can just fucking do your business and you don't feel under pressure to finish anyone. And I think at times in this fight, he was loading up a bit too much and was looking for it a little bit too much. And that was allowing Trout to pinch some rounds. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Again, mate, this is a fucking, another great learning fight for Charlo and the future for him and their kid. No messing now right for now. me. No messing. Let's have Heard. Absolutely, yeah. That's the fight out there. Charlo, the... Charlo Heard has to be made next, yeah. I think. Of course, what's well, the biggest fight in the whole division, isn't it? Let's mm. be honest. Mm. Uh, it's the fight everybody wants to see, not just in America but globally. And you know, we love we love a unification, don't we? We mm. want to see someone pull all the belts together. So he's obviously not going to fight Lara. So Heard's got to be the one. Right. Here's a question for you. Seeing as that uh, we mentioned Dillian at the start of this show, yeah, and Parker, yeah. What constitutes a pay per view? I think that's a pay per view. I'm up for that. I think that's a good pay per view. To now be you see, with you've you. seen all the backlash on social media, haven't you, where people yeah, are yeah, going, yeah. Like, "It's absolute bullshit that it is. It sh- that's never a pay per view." Yeah. So, what constitutes a pay per view? In order for us to justify it being a pay per view fight, what constitutes a pay per view? Um, I think it's got to be. <clears throat> if it's not a, first of all, it, it should really be a world title fight, and this isn't. So a world ta- uh, a pay per view must be a world title fight. No, not necessarily because this isn't a world title fight, but it's got to have the kind of interest. Like, hey, Bellew, I, I maintain they were 100% pay-per-view fights. Pay-per-view fights, for me, are all about interest. Like, how, how much is are we bought into it, like, the narrative of the story? How many people want to see it? You've hit it. Narrative, right? Of course, the narrative's that, there, yeah. That's the thing for me, right? Now, the narrative on this particular fight... Now, whatever you, you view the level of fighter yeah. that is participating in the pay-per-view, Joseph Parker, Dillian White, whether you think they're world-class or not, there's a narrative running through both of those gentlemen to the king of the crown at the moment, yep. to AJ. They've both been in there with AJ. One got knocked out. One wobbled him, but got knocked out. One didn't really take his opportunity and went the full distance with him, all yeah. right? So there's a narrative running through that. And I think anything linked to Anthony Joshua, especially in the heavyweight division, kind of constitutes a pay-per-view because it's part of the narrative. You've got to pay, you've got to kind of pay for those parts, if you know what I mean, in order yeah. to get to the to the king of the castle. I agree with you on the Bell U hair thing. It is all about narrative. It's all about story. It's irrelevant, the level of the fighter for me. Mm -hmm. It's about, do I want to see it? And I kind of ram it home a little bit that there's grown-ass men that listen to this show Mm -hmm. and it's your own choice. There's grown-ass men that listen to this show. It's your own choice to do this that pay 20 quid to watch Royal Rumble, to watch WrestleMania, knowing full well that it's fake. You're paying for the narrative. Of course. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's all right. We can you can say well he's 
he ain't world level. He ain't been at world level. He ain't done X, Y, and Z. Yeah, all right. We probably agree with you on that. But the narrative of these two men coming together is like, yeah, man, sound. It's worth 15 quid of my money. Let's have it. Of course it is, because the, the reward is right there. We can all see what it is. Touched on it at the start of the show. It allows us all to draw the comparison. Can Dillian White do what Anthony Joshua couldn't do? And if he can, then bring on the Anthony Joshua part two. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he hasn't got to travel to fight fucking Povetkin or Pulev. He hasn't got to deal with some, you know, dodgy Eastern European fucking promotional outfit. He hasn't got to um, sell a show on his own because the other guy will be lost in translation or not even translated at all. Joe Parker will come over here and he probably won't, but Dave from Duca will fucking get his lips going. <laughs> I love that. Dave from Duca. You know what I mean? He'll be fucking He'll giving sell it the show. Money, yeah, yeah, of course. They'll come over here and they'll sell the show. Joe's like a real quiet guy. but And you know what? I think Joe Parker, he feels like he owes this. this I think he should feel like he owes this market something as well. Yeah. Because he got the big moment. He got the big fight with AJ and he, he didn't necessarily freeze, Just but he certainly didn't take a chance. He I'm certainly didn't roll the dice. I'm going to go out on a limb here on this particular fight. Yeah. This is going to be fight of the year. I think it's going to be fucking amazing. I really do. And the reason for that is because the reason why you probably aren't too enamoured with Josie Parker at the moment yeah. is because he fought Huey Fury, yeah. who danced for a good 12 Can make hours. anybody look terrible. And AJ used a different type of tactic getting behind his jab, right? So therefore... On both occasions on British shores, he hasn't looked amazing as Joseph Parker. Yeah. Dillian White will be stood in front of him. He'll be stood right in front of him. Yep. And they will go at it. Some, I don't think you're going to get 12 rounds. No. But someone's going over, and I think you'll get a good six rounds of absolute blood and thunder. You're going to get a sh- For me, you're going to get a shorter version of Dillian White, Derek Chisora. That's what you're going to get. And that, for me, is pay-per-view. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think a lot of people will buy it as well. I think a lot of people have criticised it, but I think everyone's going to buy it. And you know what? I think it'll have a strong undercard as well. And as soon as I... Well, as, yeah, it will. As, as soon as I heard, like, before the event, that it was going to be Parker, because I was told that it was Ortiz. Yeah. I think the, all of America, I think even Dan Raphael on ESPN was reporting, it's definitely Ortiz. Ortiz it's yeah. all being announced tomorrow. We've just been speaking about the Pulev situation with the IBF and what have you. But I heard about... 12 to 16 hours just before uh, the big announcement that it would be Josie Parker. And as soon as I heard it, it, it literally got me off the edge of my seat. I was yeah, excited yeah. about it. I was thinking to myself, fucking hell, that's a proper curveball. Very rarely do I get a curveball in this game. Very rarely does someone pull a rabbit out of the hat that I haven't seen coming. Yeah. Because normally... We're, you get wind of it. Well, we're in. We're in, the, we're in the game. So therefore, you're speaking to promoters, you're speaking to TV companies, you're speaking to fighters. Yeah, yeah. And they're telling you, well, this is happening, this is happening, this is where this is going. Like, the, for example, the Chris Eubank Jr. thing it wasn't fake. It was real. Yeah, we, yeah. we were told from people connected to the World Boxing Super Series it's that that happened. was real. We put it out there. People kicked off. It's now not happening. Mm. And w- the fight ended up getting put back to September. Yeah. All right. I don't even think they've announced that it's September yet. I'm telling you it's September because we know it's September. Yeah. So we kind of know these things are loosely going to happen. Joseph Parker came from absolutely nowhere. It was like done within a week, I got told. Like last Friday, yeah. a phone call went in. What's crap with Dillian White? We're looking to come back to the UK. Do you fancy it? Eddie gets on to Dillian. We spoke to Dillian at the weekend. Dillian went, you know my fucking answer. I'll fucking have a go. Let's do it. Of course. Let's get the money right and let's get the fight on. Job done. Mm-hmm. And then you've got it announced within a week. Brilliant. That's proper boxing, that, isn't it? Of course it is. That's no politics, bollocks. Let's just have it. It's the way it should be. Absolutely. And you know what? He deserves all, he deserves all the luck in the world, Dillian White, because he's been sold down the river by the WBC. You know, he proved himself to be the number one contender at WBC. And yet, He's not fighting Deontay Wilder next. That fucking Dominic Brazil, Brazil is fighting Deontay Wilder next. So it's a farce, man. It's a load of bullshit. Look at us telling everybody that he's fighting Brazil next and that Anthony Joshua. <laughs> it is a farce. At the moment, it is a farce. Hopefully, it's all going to get ironed out. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm dead excited about that. July 28th. It is white. It is Parker. And it's happening in London, baby. Beautiful. Bring mm-hmm. it on. It should be an absolute cracker. Whether you think it's pay-per-view or not, the narrative for me is there. And therefore, it is a much must-see fight. Uh, whilst we're having a go at uh, governing bodies, shall we have a bit of a do at the IBF? Yeah, man. Let's do it. For taking uh, Triple G's uh, strap off him. Because he wouldn't fight a fighter that nobody really gives a fuck about. Fucking stupid. It is stupid. Listen, stupid. I, I understand that Derinchenko has got himself into a mandatory position. Right, I understand that, and I understand he's next in line. But we're talking about the possibility of having an undisputed middleweight champion of the world. That's what we're talking about. And against the number one and number two, 
even though young lad's fucking on his Mexican meat, Canelo versus Triple G is the biggest fight to make right now. It's the, the biggest. division, yeah. So let's just make it. Let's put all the straps in there. Why do you want to fuck about with the and and send it and send your belt to someone else? Do you not want Triple G as your poster boy? I mean, look at him. He's a fucking wholesome stand-up dude, right? Mm -hmm. He is the if I clean mate. If I was running the divisions and and sanctioning bodies, who would I want as my champion in the middleweight division? I'd want that dude. Yeah. Look at him. He is boxing. I want that guy. Why take it off him? Just because? Oh, just because of this mandatory situation. Come on, man. Bend a bit of rules. Just say, listen, you're just going to have to wait there, Ianchenko, because we've this, got the possibility of this. This biggest thing you, still happening. Listen, we've had a word with Triple G. He knows that once the Canelo fight's done, yeah. the IBF mandatory will be dealt with and you will get your knock. And it'll be for all the straps rather than just one of them. But then this was this was what was happening anyway when they, when he was supposed to be fighting Canelo for the second time. This The IBF must have been happy with that because there was no talk of it. But then Canelo fails a drug test. The fight gets cancelled. The rematch gets cancelled. And... Golovkin suffers because he's punished because the other dude Golovkin's been on the gear exactly. So Golovkin's been stripped because Canelo's inactive because Canelo's suspended or not suspended, whatever the fuck is going on there now. But he's been punished because the other guy he, he still defended the belt through the week. He, he's doing what he can. He's staying active and he's trying to set up this big fight that we all want to see. But to now go to Sergei, oh right, okay, we're just going to strip him and you can fight for the vacant belt. It's bullshit, man. It's, it takes something away from the IBF completely because you know. Davlinchenko wins that belt, and it'd be like, okay, well, you're the WIBF champ with an asterisk because the fucking real guys over there, we took the belt off them mm. because somebody else failed a drug test. The only positive out of all this is the fact that Martin Murray, who's been fucking shit on from a great height by yeah. Billy Joe Saunders, yeah, yeah. Um, could well get an opportunity for, to fight for that vacant belt. Well, yeah, belt. this is how this is all going to play out, right? So Davlinchenko is the number one. I think Danny Jacobs is the number two, right? Yeah. However, Canelo's after Jacobs. So you would think that Jacobs is going to go down the Canelo route uh, because there's more dollar there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah? And it's a bigger fight. So if he does go down there, then if you're looking down the list of fighters that are active, yeah. you could probably make an argument to get Martin Murray, Murray into that fight for the IBF strap, couldn't you? You could. There's certainly an argument. You know, there's, there's, loads of I, others, I saying, there's loads of others as well. You've got Canelo tied in with Danny Jacobs. That's what I'm, that's, you know, I'm going off box rec here. I, I certainly don't rank Canelo as number one in division, but let's just go with these rankings at the moment. Canelo, Danny Jacobs, they're talking. Uh, you've got Golovkin and Billy Joe Saunders, who's number five. They're potentially looking to set something up. Yeah. Um, Charlo, Charlo's just had a knock. Charlo's just had a knock, obviously, defending the WBC. Yeah, he's the WBC champion, isn't he? That's the other Charlo, by the way. Not the one from the weekend. Yeah, that's a couple of weekends before. Jamal, not Jamel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamal Charlo. He's just had a knock for the WBC. So there's a few there. There's the Murata, the Japanese kid, Andrade, Davrinchenko, and Martin Murray. They make up basically the top nine, top ten. So Murray's one of three you'd think, possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of Murray's background and where he is in his career and everything else, if you're Davrinchenko and you're, do you want to fight Martin Murray, who's obviously had, you know, 40-odd fights, or do you want to fight Demetrius Andre, the Southpaw, who's 25-0, and 0, you'd think probably Davrinchenko would, would, would favour a Martin Murray fight, which is what we want. Of course, we want Martin Murray to have a world title fight again. So hopefully, fingers crossed, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for Martin Murray, because again... Billy Joe Saunders has done him no favours whatsoever. And I don't want to talk about it again because we talked about it on last week's show, but, you know, Billy Joe looking himself in the mirror, can he? I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe he looks in the mirror and all he sees <clears throat> is that Golovkin money. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm surprised that we've got to 47 minutes of this podcast and you've not mentioned last Wednesday and my Reese Bellotti. Listen, I'm not the type of guy that would not? kick a man when he's down. So, Reese Bellotti, mate, you will come again. It was. It, we'll talk about the stoppage. It was a good stoppage. I thought it was. I thought the referee. No, well, the referee jumped early, in. mate. Come on, he jumped in a little bit early, John Foster, Howard yeah. Foster. But when Bellotti actually got to his feet and was and was starting to walk back to his corner, then it looked like a good stoppage. Yeah, to but me, he'd already his pulled legs it. had gone. He'd already pulled I know it. he jumped in too early in that regard, but it was the right move because Bellotti was gone. Hmm. Bellotti was. Listen, Bellotti. I'm gutted for him, man. I'm, I'm not, gutted for him, but I'm not gutted listen. for you. Fuck you. You, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you're I'm not happy, yeah, but you, you know, yeah, you are. Your prospect of the year has just been, has just been found Scott. out a little bit. That, that's fine, and, and I'm gutted for Reese Bellotti. But my prospect of the year rides on son, Jordan Gill. This is our year. <clears throat> listen, um, let's just give a bit of compliments to Doyle because I thought he yeah. was absolutely. Tremendous. Listen, I would love to see 
Uh, I would love to see Jordan Gill in with Ryan Doyle for jo- mm. Doyle's first defence of this Commonwealth belt. I think that's a great fight, and it mm. wouldn't surprise me if uh, if our man Dave Caldwell isn't already on the phone mm. to, to Team Doyle to try and set that up. Uh, well done, Lawrence Ducoli as well. Took care of business. Excellent. Very good. I'm fucking very impressed with Lawrence Ocole. Well, right much better than, obviously, the uh, Chamberlain fight. Yeah, but listen, this is the difference with Lawrence Ocole in compared... Because, you know, there's there's four or five of these former GB guys who are based in London, the likes of Bellotti, Ocole, um Who else is there? Who am I thinking of? The likes of uh, Daniel Dubois. Buatzi. There's Buatzi. You know, there's all these GB lads who are all kind of starting on this journey together. And I think a lot of those guys are getting a lot more positive uh, press than Lawrence Ocole. But what I'm, the difference is, I think Ocole is fighting better domestic opposition in bigger fights. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his second back-to-back main event against a, a local rival who said he's going to do this and do that to him and said, Akoli's too inexperienced and I've got this and I'm going to do this. These are experiences that Akoli's picking up that the other guys aren't getting. Mm. They're not getting these big domestic showdowns and these arguments and these public spats and the pressure of, you know, protecting what you're building and everything else. Yet he's doing it and he's doing it in style. Like that performance against Watkins. Watkins come in and was like, it's fucking too early for me, son. I'm going to take you to school and blah, blah, blah. Another undefeated kid with with high hopes of his own, and a Coley fucking takes care of him in style. I think a Coley could be the sleeping giant here, literally the giant as well, because with a frame like he's got, go up to cruiser, mate. Once he once he once he's finished in this weight class cruiserweight, this kid could be a future yeah, yeah, heavyweight yeah, yeah. sensation. I yeah. think he looks great. <clears throat> yeah, listen, I was impressed. I enjoyed it. Your call, midweek fighting, love it, brilliant. Mate. We've got a little bit of Friday's up. We've got a little bit of Friday night fighting this week, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. Oh, mate, lovely. I ain't got the music ready. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come on. Oh, mate. You've got, to, you've got to love a little bit of Cinco de Joe. He's back in action this weekend. Do you reckon he'll wear the Mexican hat? I hope so. He can't wear the fucking Mexican hat. He's got hat. to. No, he can't. Do, He's mate. got to, man. He can't do. Cinco de Joe. Come on, get the music ready. I ain't got the music ready. Oh, come on, get the music. I'll talk in between so it seems seamless so no one knows that we're fucking frantically trying to find the music. No, the Cinco de Joe. He's back this weekend. The Commonwealth heavyweight champion. The most popular man in British boxing. What the fuck are you going on about now? It's the one and only Cinco de Joe. I ain't got it, Matt. Someone's deleted my music. I'm going to have to have a word with uh, our producer here who's uh, who's got rid of the gear. Anyway, he's fighting this Friday. Joe he's, Joyce uh, is Joe back. Joyce is back on, he's back on Dave this uh, this Friday, mate. So oh, is it back to Dave now? Yeah, he's back on Dave this weekend. Oh, oh dear. Back down to earth with a bump. Mm. Um, and then on Saturday night, Newcastle, Metro uh, Arena is the destination for Ritson. Oh, fuck, that's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. And for Josh Kelly. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Let's talk about that instead. That's what I'm, I'm Proper boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Proper boxing, lad. Uh, Paul Highland, uh, undefeated, taking on Lewis Ritson. What a fantastic fight yeah, that man. is. Fantastic fight. Lewis Ritson's been going through everybody like a fucking hot knife through butter. Yeah. Um, this is a proper knock at the weekend. Newcastle is the place to be this weekend, 100%. Mm. Um, but listen, Paul Highland's no mug, undefeated as I said. He's also on a bit of a tear at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, he's going to bring the he's going to bring the party because if you remember the last time out, I know that Lewis Ritson's on a tear, but Scotty Cardo fucking scared him, mate. He did give him a scare, didn't he? He did. And that will give confidence to Paul Highland. I reckon we are getting a gun show. It ain't getting out of the fourth round. This here we go, baby. Let's throw some leather. Yeah, I think Paul Highland as well. You know the kids, kids eighteen and oh. Um, and I just think he's super confident and I think he'll go in there. I don't know whether it'll go that early because I think Highland would be absolutely mental to start throwing leather at Ritson so early on. I think he'll try yeah, and Cardle be did. a bit more cagey. Cardle did. He did, but then the... I think Scott Cardle, I think the tactics were there. It was just a case of the fight got, laid, got made, made quite late. I don't know whether Cardle had the chance to put it in the bank, the 12 rounds in the bank. Mm. And I think their, tact- their only tactic was just to fucking throw it on Ritson and just see if something sticks. And he did, you know, first round, he, he gave it to him, but Ritson ro- rode the storm and then he obviously, obviously just pulled the trigger. He was sensational. I think it's going to be tough for Paul Highland to defeat Ritson in his, in his backyard, surrounded by, uh, you know, 10,000 Geordies inside that Newcastle arena, that Metro arena. The atmosphere is going to be insane. Uh, certainly when you got Josh Kelly who brings a Sunderland crowd in on yeah, the yeah, card yeah, yeah, as yeah. well 
against uh, Chris George for the for the WBA interim belt, mate. These two, Ritson and Kelly, could absolutely one hundred percent spearhead a massive revival in Northeast boxing, all on their own. Because we haven't had a superstar out of the Northeast for what feels like at least two two decades in the boxing ring. We just haven't had a standout performer. Tony Jeffries looked like he was going to yeah, be the guy. Yeah, yeah. And then he come back from the Olympics and had the injury and moved to America to become a coach. So I just think that that region as well, you know, they fucking love a fight up in Newcastle, up in the Northeast. They absolutely love a fight. And they love fighters too. Have you noticed that uh, Stuart Hall's on this card as well? Stuart Hall, yeah. I think this is the sign-off, isn't it, against Gavin McDonnell. I yeah. think... Uh, Stewie will fight anyone anywhere, won't he? And he, he'll always give you he'll always give a good turnout too. I think he gets he probably retires this weekend. I'd like to see him take his gloves off, put him in the centre of the ring afterwards. I think uh, he's at that stage in his career now. But you know what? He gets the sign off in the northeast and he's from up that way, isn't he? He's mm. from up the northeast that way. Stewie. Sure, oh, yeah, he is, yeah. So uh I think that's a good fight. There's a couple of good fights on here. Uh, uh, Iqbal against Simon Valley for the English cruiserweight belt, a, a good little knock as well. So it's uh, it's a belter of a card. Um, place to I haven't checked uh, the TV listings for the early hours of Sunday morning, but it is the return of Errol Spence Jr. Um, he is fighting Carlos Ocampo. Yeah, Texas, Dallas, Texas, baby. This is where he uh, he rolls out. Obviously, in his home state, gets to show off his uh, his new IBF uh, strap. Looking forward to seeing Errol Spence Jr. One thing that I will say though is that let's not leave it too long next time, Errol. Yeah. Let's get out. Let's get active. Let's do your thing, mate. Let's start yeah. cleaning up this one four seven division. I need to see you. I need to see you in with Thurman. I need to see you in with Crawford. I need yeah. to see you in with all these other cats at hundred and forty seven because it is an exciting division. But there's no point in me and him yakking about it every single week if none of you are actually fighting. Yeah, so exactly. come on, let's get it on. There's some amazing fights out there, and uh, you're right. What does he fight once? He usually fights once a year, don't he? Fought once in two thousand and seventeen against Kelbrook. Yeah. He's fought in January this year. He's fighting again now. Hopefully, if he can get another one in before the end of the year, that's what we want for Meryl Spence. We want to see him two or three times a year, but just because this welterweight division is absolutely on fire. Mm. Acampo, though, is another undefeated guy. You know, that world boxing is just fucking absolutely booming right now. It's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, this this pulls in the, the ingredients that everybody loves in America, and that's an American against a Mexican. In uh, as you say, in Texas as well, the atmosphere should be popping, mm. and uh, yeah, I expect a lot from Errol Spence just because we knew he was good, but then he come over and lit up Kelbrook, which made us fall in love with him, didn't we? Mm. So there's an opportunity now to try and prove he's the best welterweight on the planet, but he's got to start this weekend and push on, and then hopefully stay active. And there's some amazing fights in the welterweight division. Who's the best welterweight then on the planet? Would you say? So at the weekend, Matt Crawford. After one fight, you're already putting them above Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, Vargas, Peterson, Broner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matisse? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's him or Errol Spence. I can't disagree. That's the biggest fight out it's there. It's him or Errol Spence. Crawford against Errol Spence is the biggest fight out there in this world. Well, having said division. that, though, we can't rule out Thurman. Thurman's never put a... He hasn't put a foot wrong. He just... No. Uh, he don't fight and he's always injured. And I'm hearing that his August 4th comeback, that's been put that's back been again. Be- yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's injured again. So I'm thinking, pff, I can't really chat about him. No. At the moment, it's Errol Spence or Crawford. Absolutely. That's yeah. the knock. Let's get it on. Any, any British TV got that this weekend? That's what I, I hope I, it's on I, Box no, Nation. I, I haven't checked the uh, listings. I hope it has. Please be on Box Let's Nation. hope they're not having a Santa Cruz Mares uh, weekend. Yeah. Having said that, though, it is World Cup, mate. Everybody, oh, fuck yeah. Everybody's talking World Cup, aren't they? I know, but couldn't give two fucks about the World Cup when there's good fights like this on. Are you going for the World Cup? You know who I'm going for the World Cup. That's why you've asked me. That's why you've let. That's why you've led me in. I don't support any other nation other than England. And then when England are knocked out. I'm not really supporting anybody, but I'll pay a, a loose interest to the World Cup. That's so weird. Why? It's just weird that you support England. Why is that weird? I just don't get it. You don't tell me you've got them fucking flags on your car, No, you? but I'm English. Or I'm, whatever. I'm English, mate. English. Mm. I was born in England, right. so I support England. Okay. You're supporting? Spain. You're supporting Spain. Spain, yeah. Any Sp- Spanish heritage? Uh, yeah, you should go to, I go to Spain every summer for my That's days. bullshit, right? Have you got any lineage in your family? Mate, I go to Spain every summer. I don't care. That's what, like my holiday destination I don't of care choice. where you go on your holidays. Are you Spanish? No. Nope. Right, exactly. So why are you supporting them? Because I, I feel an affinity to the Spanish culture. Okay. I love Spain. Honestly, I love Spain. I love Spain, mate. <laughs> Fucking love a bit of tapas and sangria. I'm not supporting <laughs> them at football, you clown. So I'll be supporting Spain. I will loosely be supporting... I always... 
kind of root for Australia because I spend some good quality time there. And I will loosely be supporting, obviously, hence the T-shirt today, the Egyptian king, Mo Salah. I will be supporting Egypt as well. Uh, but I, I, You're fucking weird. What if England gets at quarterfinals against Germany? Who are you supporting? Well, it'll go to pens and we'll get beat anyway. Doesn't so it ma- makes doesn't fucking matter. no odds whether Does I support not them or not. Does not matter what, the, what will happen in the game? What, 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 it's what, funny, right? Who okay. are you supporting? England so, gets to the quarterfinals against so Germany. My, a couple of I have got like everyone. I've got WhatsApp groups with certain mates on lads who grew up with lads who I see all the time. Footy lads, blah blah blah, and some of the lads who I grew up with um, literally like stand by me upbringing with these guys when we were kids like there was four of us fucking we, we fit the personalities exactly blah 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 right. anyway fucking that's like an episode of the Goonies and like, oh, exactly they message over the weekend they were like right let's have a catch up during, we only meet twice a year let's have a catch up join the World Cup let's pick a game and, so, and one of them had said okay England's games are XYZ and I was like I, I'm not fucking going out to watch England every bar will be full of plebs fuck that choose a different game and we'll go out then we'll have a proper night out and it, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I will not go out and watch any fucking England games. I will certainly go out and watch other games. But I went to the World Cup in Germany with my dad a few years ago. We went for fucking a four, uh, we went for 10 days to Cologne. And we based in Cologne, and every day we'd get on a train to a different city, to a different game. And when England were playing, we went to the other side of Germany. The Scouse, man. I think all Scousers are like that. I consider myself Scouse and then British. I would never, ever, ever describe myself as English. Maybe that's because of Irish roots in this city. I don't know. Fucking Brexit Britain here. Right, anyway. <laughs> uh, you can subscribe to this nonsense, which is obviously a boxing podcast, even though we went off piece there talking a bit of football, um, via iTunes. Fight Disciples, go and have a little bit of a nosy in there. Uh, you can also get your Android feed via our website, uh, fightdisciples.com. We're all over social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Loads of different shows coming up for you this week as well, including a UFC one and our Merseyside-specific boxing one. Who have you got on it? Jack McGann, did you say? Jack McGann in studio, yeah, talking about, obviously, the, the big performance at the weekend. At the weekend yeah. All right, Sam. Uh, get yourself uh, stuck into that as well. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.